Listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. It's a new week here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio or on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback via our contact form on our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or you can leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you enjoyed this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com. This episode is brought to you in part by the I Love Old Time Radio Patreon page. As a Patreon member, you'll help me continue to bring all these great Golden Age shows, upgrade our equipment, keep the website going, and more. Plans start at just $2 a month, but if you pledge $6 or more, you get access to the Vintage Radio Podcast, a look at series that were an hour or more that include Lux Radio Theater, CBS Radio Mystery Theater, and the Mercury Theater on the air, just to name a few. This week on the Vintage Radio Club, the MGM Theater of the Air presents a love story about a jealous English nobleman and his wrong wife. It's called Riptide. And to listen, join our Patreon page at vintage.iloveoldtimeradio.com. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. Monday's crime does not pay on the shadow. This episode originally aired 35 years before my birth on November 1st, 1942, and it's called Death Keeps a Deadline. of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. There is a lot more coal being mined this year than last year, so there's absolutely no reason for anyone to worry about a coal shortage this winter. The only problem is one of distribution. And that can be solved with your cooperation. Blue coal dealers right now are delivering anthracite as fast as they can. Some coal in every bin, enough for immediate need, is the goal of your friendly blue coal dealer. Don't insist on a full winter supply at one time. Help your neighbors now by being patient, and you'll benefit in the long run. Remember, there's enough coal for everyone. But deliveries must be confined to immediate needs at present. The Shadow, mysterious character who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Several years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The secret of hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, 
is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Death Keeps a Deadline. Fear, awful, haunting fear, is the spur that drives many a criminal to horrible deeds. And it is such fear that drives the shadow's enemy to murder when death meets the deadline. It is a balmy night in late autumn when Lamont Cranston and Margot Lane stroll toward Margot's home. And here you are, Miss Lane. Safe and sound at the entrance to your apartment building. You're very gallant, Mr. Cranston. Oh, even at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> tired, Margot? Yes, deliciously tired. Enjoy the evening? Oh, Lamont, it was perfect. Everything was scrumptious from beginning to end. The dinner, the theater, the dancing, even the walk through the park just now. And why shouldn't it be something special? After all, you don't have a birthday every day. <laughs> For which I am profoundly grateful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good night, Lamont, and thanks again so much. Good night, Margot. I'll see hey, you buddy. Got a match? Why, yes, I... I think so. Never mind. Get your dukes up. Come on. He's, he's got a gun. Say, what is this? It's a stick-up, buddy. Come on. Get your hands up before I let you have it. Okay, lady. I'll begin with you. Hand over that purse. Come on. Give me that purse and no stolen. Better do as he says, Margo. All right. Now, your turn, buddy. Give me your wallet. Make it snappy. Not tonight, rabbit. What? Wait a minute, wise guy. How come you know my name? The car that just went by, rabbit. Hit up your face for a moment with its headlights. Hey, keep your hands up. Keep them up, I tell you, I'll do you. You're afraid to pull that trigger, Rabbit. You haven't got the nerve. You stay away from me, buddy. You take another step and I'll shoot. Put down that gun, Rabbit. Come on, get back. Get back, I'll blast you wide open. Then why don't you, Rabbit? Go ahead. Go ahead and shoot. You can't miss me now. Pull them on, no, you kill you. You haven't got the nerve to kill me, have you, Rabbit? You're afraid to pull that trigger. No, no, I ain't afraid. I ain't, I tell you. Then what are you waiting for? I... I... Oh. Well, my friend, you're certainly too late now. Oh, Lamar. Well, there's nothing to worry about, Margot, except a few skin knuckles. Say, that wasn't a bad uppercut, if I do say so myself. Yes, but but you almost committed suicide, walking straight into a hold-up man with a gun. Oh, Lamar. <laughs> I knew he wouldn't shoot. You knew? How? But how did you know? Margot... That gentleman sleeping blissfully on the sidewalk is Rabbit Eddie Burke, hanger on of Tony Morello's, the gangster. You see, Margot, Rabbit here is frustrated. A psychological case. What on earth do you mean? Well, he always wanted to be a professional gunman, but he could never summon enough nerve to pull the trigger. He's never been able to reach that pitch of frenzy to take that last fatal step to kill. The whole underworld holds him in contempt as a cheap crook who carries a gun just for show. So that's where he got his nickname, Rabbit. Exactly. Ooh, but still, Lamont, you took an awful chance. After all, there's always a first time, even for Rabbit Eddie Burke. <laughs> if there is, it hasn't happened yet. Oh, Margo, you go in and phone for the police. I'll stay here and keep an eye on our friend. since that hold-up went wrong, Tony. A whole year I spent in the clink because of that rat Lamont cramp. Sure, sure, Abbott, I don't know how you feel. After all, when a guy takes your gun away, that uh, makes you look like a chump, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah, he made me look like a chump, all right. But someday, Tony, I'm going to get him. I'm going to watch him squirm, hear him beg for mercy. I'll blast the life out of him if it's the last thing I do. Sure you will, Rabbit. But take it easy, pal. There's plenty of time. You just got out of stir and you got yourself to worry about. Well, what do you mean, Tony? I did my time, didn't I? Sure, sure you did. But the pen didn't do your health no good. You look kind of all in. Hey, uh, Rabbit, you ain't sick, are you? Well, me? I know. Why, Tony? Why do you ask? Well, I was kind of worried about you. Your face ain't got no color. You're breathing hard all the time. Oh, I, I feel all right. Uh, you never can tell until the doc gives you going over with the x-rays. Yeah. Say, but Tony, maybe you're right. Maybe I ought to see a doctor. Yeah, check up wouldn't do you no harm. Tell you what I do, Rabbit. Yeah? Take you to my own doctor, Doc Bryan. He'll give you the once-over and he won't charge you a dime for it. Oh, say, that's why to you, Tony. Oh, not at all, Rabbit. After all, you're one of my boys, ain't you? If there's one thing Tony Morello does, that's take care of his voice. See, Tony, I got the jitters. I wonder what's keeping the doc so long. There he is now. Well, Mr. Burke, I've completed my examination. Yeah? Yeah, Doc, what'd you find? Mr. Burke... I'm sorry, but I've got some bad news for you. Bad? Some very bad news. Bad news? Oh, you mean I've got something wrong in my chest? It isn't your chest I'm worried about. It's your heart. My my heart? Yes. The x-ray shows that you have a very bad heart condition. A severe aneurysm. Look, Dr. Sanyon, what's it mean? I'll give it to me straight. It means, Mr. Burke, that you have a serious weakness of the heart wall. To be brutally frank, you haven't more than six months to live. You give me six months, Tony. Six months to live. Gee, someday I'll be walking along the street and then... And then it'll come. Yeah, and how you feel, Rabbit? It's tough. Yeah. Like standing around in a death house... Knowing just when you're going to burn and waiting for the hot stuff. Ah, now, take it easy, pal. I know you're going through plenty, but uh, maybe it wouldn't happen like the doc said. Not a chance you're hurting yourself, Tony. Anything I can do, but wait for it. Just sit around and wait to grow. Yeah, here, yeah, Robert. <laughs> Have a drink. It'll take the edge off. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I need. Okay. Hey, Robert, I was just thinking. Yeah. You know what I'd do if I knew I only had six months to live? No. What would you do? I'd spend all my time painting the town red. Wine, dames, music. I'd have more. Plenty. Yes, sir, I'd do all the things I ever wanted to do, but didn't have the nerve to do before. I'd live a lifetime in those six months. Yeah. Yeah, you got something there, Tony. Uh, take your case, for instance, Rabbit. You always wanted to be a first-class trigger man, didn't you? Yeah, but I never had the nerve. Oh, that's... Different now, Robert. Hmm? I don't get you. Listen, pal. This is your chance to be a real killer. Hottest gunman in town, a big shot. Who? Me? Yeah, you. You don't have to be afraid of nothing now, Robert. You can go around blasting guys with a gun like you were shooting pigeons. How does that sound, pal? Oh, it sounds swell. But, nah, Tony, I ain't got what it takes. Why, if the cop nailed me, it didn't mean a chair. What do you care? You don't have to be afraid of the seat. You got nothing to lose anyway, have you? Your pump is bad, ain't it? You only got six months anyway, either way. Yeah. 
Get us straight. My rabbit, you can be terrific. Now, listen. I'm making my number one trigger man give you a grand a week to play with. A thousand bucks a week? Sure, sure, and you can live like a king rabbit while you last. And you can enjoy yourself knocking over guys you and me don't like. And uh, that ain't all. What else is it? Lamont Cranston. This is your chance to get him the way you want it to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to worry about the chair now. I can branch his brains out. Oh, Lamont Cranston. Hey, Rabbit. Rabbit, look through the window. Down there on the sidewalk. You know who that is coming along? Yes, yeah, Donovan, the cop. That's right. Donovan, the cop. The flatfoot who sent you up for your first stretch at the pen. The bull who kicks you off the street every time he sees you. Yeah. Now's your chance, and I hard feel to put a slug to a guy. Here. There's my gun, Rabbit. Huh? Now, let's see. You knock that flatfoot off. Here, here, I open the window for you. Oh, yeah. That's the first one that comes the hardest, Rabbit. The rest are easy. Now, look at him, pal. Right in the spot for you to draw a perfect beat. Go on, go on. Let him have it, Rabbit. Go ahead. Pull the trigger. Blast him. Okay. I ain't scared. Here goes. You did it, Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. You're in. You put a slug right through that flat foot's heart. He's dead. He's dead. I killed him. I did it. I did it. <laughs> Return to the shadow in just a moment. But here is important information. Blue coal dealers everywhere are delivering fuel as fast as wartime transportation facilities will permit. Yes, we want to make sure that everyone has enough coal on hand for immediate requirements. To help speed deliveries, blue coal dealers have asked consumers to cooperate by following two important suggestions. First, advise your dealer now of the estimated quantity of fuel you will require for the entire heating season. This will enable him to work out a schedule of deliveries that will ensure a steady supply all winter long. There is no advantage in placing duplicate orders with more than one dealer. It only makes distribution more difficult. Next, when your dealer has arranged to deliver your coal, be sure that someone is at home or preparations have been made to receive it. Loads that have to return to the dealer's yard complicate distribution and cause needless waste of gasoline and rubber. Remember, your blue coal dealer has to plan the routing of deliveries several days in advance. Help him to maintain a smooth working schedule. Be prepared to receive your coal when it arrives by having the cellar window unlocked and the bin boards in place. This will save valuable time. And now, back to the shadows. responsible for all these killings. How should I know, Commissioner? Looks like your work. Four men have been shot and killed. And every one of them was a mortal enemy of yours. Ain't that too bad. That's kind of a coincidence, ain't it? Coincidence, my eye. As a crazy gunman loose in this town, I've got good reason to believe it's you. You ain't got a thing on me, Weston, and you know it. That plainclothes fly cap you put on my trailer. Lanigan, he knows it as well as you do. Had a perfect alibi every time. Checked and double-checked. That's just it, Morello. Your alibis have been too perfect. If I was you, Cranston, I'd keep my nose out of this. But you're not me. And I like my nose just where it is. Okay, okay, but don't say I didn't tip you off. Commissioner Weston speaking. Yes, what is it? Why 
Detective Lanigan. Where? All right, stand by. We'll notify every squad car in the area right away. What's up, Preston? Tom Lanigan. Just shot, killed from a passing car. Oh, and I hate that too bad, Commissioner. <laughs> Maybe you try to tell me I shot Lanigan while you weren't looking from your office window here. <laughs> well, this is one alibi I wouldn't have to prove. Well, it seems my personal friend and companion, Big Charlie, over-listened to a couple of hoods he was hacking around. They was talking about Rapid Eddie Bike they was talking. Yes? Yeah. Anyway, it seems Big Charlie gathered from the conservation in the back seat that Rapid Eddie is stuck with a bum ticker he is stuck. The doc gives him the once-over, and he tells him that he ain't got but six months before he croaks he ain't got. Shreddy, are you sure? Oh, yeah, Mr. Cranston, positive. You know what I'd do if I had six months to live? You know what I'd do? No, Shreevy, what would you do? Oh, well, Miss Lane, I'd park this hack of mine in front of every hydrant in town I'd park it. And I'd spend all day falling out traffic cops I'd walk. <laughs> and I'd go up one-way streets the wrong way I'd go. In other words, you'd do all the things that you've been afraid to do. Yeah. Oh, Shreevy. Yeah, Mr. Cranston? Did Big Charlie happen to hear the name of the doctor who examined Rabbit Eddie? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, uh, Dr. Bryan up on the south side. He handles a lot of hoods he handles. Thanks, Reedy. You drop Miss Lane at her apartment. I'll get off here. Yes, sir. There's somebody I've got to see. Alone, Margot. Listen, Tony, this ticker of mine may go at any second. My six months are almost up. So what, Rabbit? So I'm going out and give it to Lamont Cranston before it's too late. Well, listen, Cranston can wait. I've got a couple of more important rats for you to bump off first. Next, Tony, I ain't taking no chances. I'm going to kill Cranston now. Oh, I can't wait to put a slug in that weasel's heart. Eat me alive. You listen, Rabbit, you do as I say. I'm giving the orders. Maybe, but I ain't taking them anymore. Oh, you little... Stop that cat, Tony. <laughs> You're a little late, Tony. Just a little too late. You showed me how to use a gun, now I showed you. There's only one more thing I want before I hand in my chips. To get Lamont Cranston. All right, nurse. You can go home now. Thank you, Dr. Bryan. Uh, let's see... I'm going to reserve a table at the club. <laughs> what was that? Oh, I must be imagining things. I thought I heard a laugh. You did, Dr. Bryan. What? You heard the laugh of the shadow. A, a shadow? Yes. But, but where are you? I can't see you. No man can see me, Dr. Bryan. It's useless to look around the room. Why? Why are you here? What do you want, Shadow? I want to know the true condition of a certain criminal's heart. Who? Who do you mean? I mean Rabbit Eddie Burke. Rabbit Eddie? Well, I... I don't know. Why do you ask me? Don't try to lie to me, my friend. You examined him. Told him he had a very bad heart. All right. I'll admit it, Shadow. I did examine him. His heart was critically weak. Strange, Dr. Bryant. Very strange. You examined Burke the day after he got out of prison, did you not? Why, why, yes. What about it? Just this, my friend. The day before he was released, he was examined by the prison doctor, a very competent physician. 
And Burke's heart was found to be in fine condition. I, I... I want the truth, Dr. Bryant. Why did you render a false diagnosis? You can't intimidate me. I don't have to answer that. You'll have to answer before a court of justice as an accessory to murder. But murder? Yes. And it will not go easier with you, my friend, when they find that you have no legal right to practice medicine. You... You know that? Yes, Dr. Bryan. I investigated you. For years, you've been masquerading as a licensed physician, dealing in crime behind a veil of respectability. Well, my friend... Are you going to tell me what I want to know now? All right. All right, Shadow, I'll tell you. But it was Tony Morello who made me do it. He wanted Burke to be his personal gunman to do his killings. He knew he could talk Burke into it under the circumstances. Oh, it was a cold-blooded frame-up, eh? And a perfect setup for Morello. He could sit back with an airtight alibi in each case while Rabbit Eddie did the dirty work and took all the chances. Yes, yes, that was it. Why did you help Morello, Dr. Bryan? I had to. Morello threatened to kill me if I didn't. The law will judge you and pass sentence, Dr. Bryan. Meanwhile, I warn you not to leave town. Remember, the shadow is watching you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Shrevey. Did you bring Margot with you? Uh, no, Mr. Cranston. She was not in when I called for her. She was not. Well, that's funny. We had a date this afternoon. She should have been home long before this. Oh, excuse me. Certainly. Hello? Mark Cranston? Uh, I'm sorry, that uh, noise in the background, I can't quite hear you. Is this Lamont Cranston talking? Yes? Uh, that team of yours, Margot Lane. She ain't gonna show up this afternoon. Or any other afternoon. What do you mean? I mean I nabbed her. Just one hour from now, I'm going to kill her, Cranston. And you won't be able to do a thing about it because you don't know where she is. Who is this? A friend, Cranston. Just a friend. How do you feel, pal? How's it feel to sit around and squirm and eat your heart out because you can't help your game, eh? Uh, you're gonna suffer and suffer plenty. If you hurt that girl, I'll hunt you down and kill you with my bare hands. You got it the other way around, Cranston. Because after I get through with her, pal, I'm gonna hunt you down. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Water department. Uh, my name is Lamont Cranston. I'd like to talk to Commissioner Murphy, please. Yes, Commissioner, I need some information, and I need a pass. Just one second more, Miss Lane. That's all you got. One second more. Well, where's your boyfriend now, eh? Where's Cranston? Oh, I can see him now, tearing his hair. Watching the time run out. Look at the chair for this. Ah, what do I care about the chair? There's only one law I believe in. The law of this gun. <laughs> well, time's up, sweetheart. I wonder what Cranston's thinking about now, eh? Boy, I give my right arm to see him now. I see his face. He'll never rest until he finds you. Ah, it's me that'll find him, sister. Well, here goes. A 
just sit tight and shut your eyes. No. It's going to be quick and easy. No. You just hear a noise, sister, that's all. Just a noise. <laughs> My compliments on your courage, Rabbit. What's that? It takes a brave man to shoot a helpless woman. Who's talking? Where are you? The voice you hear is the voice of the shadow, Rabbit. What? And I'm standing by your side. The shadow? I heard of you. You're the guy nobody can see. Precisely, Rabbit. And wherever I go, I bring justice. Not the law of the gun, the law of the people. Oh, why are you here, Shadow? I have come as an avenger of society, Rabbit. You shall pay for your crimes in the chair. Ah, you're wasting your time, pal. I got a weak heart. It's due to go any time now. I'm going to cheat the chair. No, Rabbit. Your heart is in excellent condition. Huh? Well, what are you talking about? Morello framed you, Rabbit. He forced Dr. Bryan to tell you that you were doomed. Morello knew that he could get you to kill to do his murders while he sat back and played safe. No, you're, you're lying, Shadow. The Shadow never lies, my friend. Dr. Bryan has just confessed. The police have just picked him up. They'll be here for you at any moment. Oh, no. They'll never take me to the death house. And neither will you. No! No! That's the end of you, Shadow. <laughs> You're mistaken, Rabbit. Your gun has failed you. You can't escape your punishment. Oh, that's where you're wrong. There's still another way out. And this time I won't miss. Rabbit! <coughs> Too late, Shadow. I'm going to cheat the hot seat after all. It's funny. They told me I wouldn't live more than six months. They meant to lie to me. But instead, they gave it to me straight. It's just six months today that I walked out of that brain. Too bad, Rabbit. You aren't really meant to be a killer. Who knows? Under different circumstances, you might have been a decent, honest citizen. But the law makes no distinction among criminals. It punishes them all impartially. You have no idea what runs through your mind when you're waiting for the shock of a bullet. There I was with my eyes closed and saying every prayer I ever knew when the shadow came along. <laughs> Something to remember, eh? Whew, as long as I live. You know, when I heard your voice, I could have kissed you. <laughs> Why didn't you, Margaret? For the very good reason that I couldn't see you. <laughs> Say, Lamont. Yeah? How on earth did you know I was there at Morello's hideout? Well, I got in touch with Commissioner Murphy over at the water department. He told me. Commissioner Murphy? Uh-huh. But what's he got to do with all of this? How did he know? Remember when Rabbit phoned me? Yes. Well, while Rabbit was talking to me over the phone, I heard what sounded like a big water pump through the phone receiver. Well, but I still don't understand. <laughs> it's very simple, Margot. I called Commissioner Murphy at the water department and asked him whether he had a crew out somewhere in the city using one of those big emergency water pumps. And luck was with me. A water main had burst at Central and Sixth, and they were pumping the water. I knew Morello had a hideout in the apartment building across the street, so I called Weston, and, well, the rest you know. Now let me introduce Blue Cole's distinguished keeping expert, John Wesley. Thank you, Ken Robinson.
able-bodied man is needed for some activity related to the war program. Now, there are thousands of young men who have attended the John Barclay Sales Service Training Schools, and they have helped many of you to solve difficult heating problems. In addition, they have shown countless blue-coal customers the way to healthful and economical home heating. Today, very few of these men are available. Most of them are in key positions with our government. Naturally, it's not easy now for your blue-coal dealer to handle requests for firing instructions and like services. So if you feel the need for information on how to operate your furnace, don't insist that a serviceman be sent to your home. Ask your blue coal dealer for our new illustrated firing chart. This easy-to-understand firing chart shows the proper method of firing anthracite and explains the correct operation of dampers. It contains all of the information needed for the easy and economical operation of your furnace. These charts are free, and your dealer will be glad to furnish you with a copy. I thank you. Shadow Program is based on a story copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that... The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Friendly Blue Coal Dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen. This story produced by the BM&W Coal Company, distributors of Blue Coal. Factory was established in 1866. The first Longines factory was located in one small building. Today, the Longines factory covers 38 years. Listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. This sounds like the plot to Joe versus the Volcano, starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. A doctor tells Joe he has brain fog that will kill him in like six months. Then a rich man contacts him, offering him a chance to do something with his life since he's going to die already. It was a good story. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and our host, Anchor.fm. For a full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and find the best location that suits you. You can also listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. 
Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so with a one-time donation or join our Patreon page at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Tomorrow we'll be playing a new episode of Our Miss Brooks and join us back next Monday for some more with The Shadow. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny, signing off.